What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest for today. I have a very special co-host that is sitting here with me today. We've been working so hard on some of the upcoming podcasts that you guys are going to, um, not only are you going to enjoy, you're going to laugh. Um, hopefully there's not any tears, but, uh, you're going to get some really great takeaways from, um, these episodes coming back. And I want to introduce to you guys, Andrew Stallings, who um, is a great friend of mine. He is my agent. Uh, I've been working with Andrew Stallings out of Athelo Group. Wrong. Athelo? Athelo. <laughs> Athelo Group. Athelo Burrito. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been working with Athelo Group. Athelo. Athelo Group <laughs> for over a year. Um, he has done so much for my career and... Um, just helping me see my full potential and everything that I do, um, and managing me as an athlete. So I'm super pumped that you're here with me today. Uh, we have several great weeks ahead of us and going into the next reborn series. Uh, and I, I, I'm just so pumped to have you here, Andrew, and I'm really excited to bring on Brian Kane. I think that, um, I have actually, I've never had a mental performance coach. I've never had an actual coach that has like even coached me physically. I've done a lot of my own personal coaching, but I think that we, uh, we, we don't really think about how important it is to be mentally strong, uh, in our physical game, um, so we're going to, we're going to kind of dig deep and, and dive into Brian Kane's, uh, uh, interview with him. Um, he also has a podcast coming out, uh, the mental performance daily that you guys will want to check out. It's an ironclad original series and these little, uh, daily tidbits are, um, giving you mental coaching on how to approach your day. And they're very short. So they're like under three minutes. Um, and if you guys are wanting to evolve as athletes, wanting to evolve as business owners and just getting the most out of your life and the time that we have, uh, definitely look into these people and take up what they're putting out there and the information and all of the good vibes. So I want to welcome on Brian Kane. Uh, welcome to the show. What's up, Brian? This is Ashley. Ashley, how, how are you? I'm good. I, dude, I've heard so much amazing things about you. I'm so excited to have you on today's Reborn podcast. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, and I can see that you have already met my co-host for the day, Mr. Andrew Stallings. I like to call him Master Andrew because he's so bossy at times. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I can actually, we're not sitting together. We're like, he's like across the uh, other way. And so it's like, he can't, uh, he can only do so much like that, that far away from me. So I can throw those insults. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm fired. I'm fired up to be here, Ashley. You know, likewise, uh, been a fan from afar for a long time and you're of the, of the reborn podcast and just the things that you've done from a, you know, a fitness standpoint and the reason why you do them and what you're about. So I'm excited to get the chance to sit and talk and learn a little more. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear um, just I know that like our listeners, uh, we have a lot of athletes that, that listen to the show, a lot of people who are trying to um, break mental barriers all the time, even for myself personally, a lot of these like crazy endurance feats and um, like athletically speaking, um, 
learning how to control the mind and the mental capacity and um, overcoming that. Because I think for many people and, and a lot of their shortcomings and their failures when it comes to, you know, stepping on the platform, running their their mile or trying to, to win, a, win a race and get over that hurdles of, of reaching those milestones. How did you get into the field of mental performance? Yeah. I got into the field of mental performance because I failed miserably as a college athlete. You know, as a, as a high school baseball player in a small town in Massachusetts, right? The school I went to was, I graduated with 90 kids. So I was the center on the basketball team at 6'1". That's how bad we were. I was a quarterback on the football team and a baseball, uh, I played every position in baseball, got a scholarship for Vermont. And when you go play division one college baseball and you come from a really small town, it's like being the best snowboarder in Mexico right? Like you think you're good, but who are you competing against? So I ended up going to the division one college baseball and my mechanism for failure or struggle has always been put your head down, grit your teeth, go harder. And it's why I'm a better ultra endurance runner. And I find it easier to run a hundred mile race than I do to like go play 36 holes of golf because it's agonizing because in golf, the harder you work, the more you try, the worse you do. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually the worst golfer. I would rather go run like a marathon every day than to play, a. Like, I don't even know how many holes, 18 holes of golf. I don't, yeah. I don't even think I could get through yeah. like nine holes of golf. I could play putt putt, uh, but yeah. I am the same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. So it's, but it's, so I, so I start, you know, but I started playing golf at, at I'm 42. I started playing golf at 40 because I found it that it challenged me in ways I could find nothing else would because it's, it's like the opposite of put your head down and just go. And if you don't quit, you're going to succeed. Like in golf, it's the opposite of like, you have to have finesse. You have to stay really calm and, and, and be in the present moment. And it's like, you know, when you run, sometimes you use what I call association and you get into the pain or into the cadence of your feet and into the moment. And that can keep you present. And then you use disassociation where you're thinking about something as far away from what you're doing 10 miles in boom. You're like, what just happened? Did I just run 10 miles? But you can't do that in golf. So it's challenged me in a different way, but to go back to where I got into it, I was a college baseball player who failed miserably. I couldn't get anybody out and it drove me crazy. And everyone always told me my whole life that if you work really hard, you're going to get results. And it's just not true because if you work really hard trying to run in that direction, like let's say North, but you're working really hard running South, all you're doing is going farther away from where you want to be. And that's what I did. And that got me to the point where I started meeting with the sports good and help me out in one day. And I believe in the power of moments and the power of days that one day, one podcast, one relationship, one interaction can completely change your life. And for me, that day was July 4th, 2000. I walked into Burns and Noble across from Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. And there, because it's so close to Fenway where the Red Sox play, they have a baseball section. And I pick up a book, Heads Up Baseball by Ken Revisa. And him being a professor at Cal State Fullerton and being and working in major baseball, he knew that like players aren't going to read a whole book, not these, not baseball players or college students. So he put like cliff notes in the book, like these little black boxes that you could scan through. And I remember the first box said to me, it says, Hey, if you're the player whose entire life, people have said, you got to relax, but no one's told you how this book is for you. And I'm like, huh. That's me. Because second box, you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And I'm like, wow. Okay. That's me too. Third box, stop trying to get the outcome and start locking into your process of what you need to do on this pitch. Don't try to win the race. Try to try to stick to your process of what your plan is. Right? So the book spoke to me. I bought the book, read the book, sent them an email said, Hey, I want to come be a college baseball coach. And Oh, by the way, I love what you're teaching in sports psychology. Do you have a degree? So I go from Vermont to Cal state Fullerton, 
do my master's degree in two years. And Ashley, in two years studying under this guy, it would be like studying under Rich Froning and not even knowing who he was in the CrossFit games. It'd be like studying under John Wooden and not even knowing who he was. I just happened to be there to the point where I asked him to be the best man in my wedding. Uh, he's had more influence in my life than anybody else. He passed away in 2018. When he did, I got a tattoo of his face on my heart. That's how much he means to me. And the whole goal of why I'm doing the daily mental performance podcast, the goal of why I run my own podcast, the mental performance podcast is to try to take what he's given me from a system and a training on mental performance and try to give it to other people. So I'm excited for the opportunity to share that with you and your listeners today. Can you talk to me a little bit about the Mental Performance Podcast? Yeah. So, so there's two podcasts. There's a long form that's called the, the Mental Performance Podcast, where I interview coaches or athletes that I've worked with, like Rich Franklin, a UFC fighter, Corbin Burns, who's a Major League Baseball all-star. Uh, and they talk about how they use our mental performance training system to help them close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. The mental performance daily is like a three to five minute daily podcast that shares stories, strategies, you know, tips and techniques around developing mental performance so that people can again, close the gap from where they are to where they want to be and pursue that best version of themselves. When we talk about what is mental performance and if we can go there, I think people get confused. They're like, well, are you a motivational speaker? And I said, well, I try, I try to be exciting and motivational when I speak, but really more than being a speaker, I want to be a system. And the system follows this principle. And you get it being an athlete in, in, in training, right? Is that we do drills to develop skills to, be, to develop a skill set. So if you're a distance runner, right? Let's say one of the skills you want to have as a distance runner is a cadence of 180 or plus right? Your feet are going 180 steps a minute. So you can do tempo drills. You can use a metronome. You can do different drills to develop the skill of a quick tempo, which is part of the skill set that you need to have to be an, a successful runner. So if I look at mental performance, whether you're, whether you are a CrossFit athlete, whether you're an NHL player, a UFC fighter, a NASCAR driver, or golfer, there's 10 skills that we want to develop to give you the best chance for like what I call mental performance mastery, or maybe more simply mental toughness. And those 10 skills are an elite mindset, skill one, skill two is high levels of motivation and commitment. Skill three is focus and awareness. Skill four is self-control and discipline. Skill five is keeping the process over the outcome. Skill six is meditation and mental imagery. Skill seven are routines and habits of excellence. Skill eight is time management and organization. Skill nine would be leadership and skill 10 would be culture. So what I talk about on the mental performance podcast with the coaches and athletes I've worked with is them sharing their success within developing those 10 skills. Mm -hmm. And the mental performance daily is going to be kind of my you know, quick three to five minute podcast every day, similar to Rob Gilbert's success hotline, who's been a huge mentor for me since 2006 to be able to bring small, slow daily to people every day, because we know that you get the way you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and get success is by, is by doing a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. So I want to be with people every day. Ryan, one thing I want to ask you about is, you know, you obviously work with some of the top names in professional sports and you know that that comes with a lot of great strength but it has to come with a lot of responsibility as well talk to me a little bit about just what what are some of the things that you see consistent you know across the board in the mindset of professional athletes and and even so true as as to how it carries over to the everyday joe schmo we'll call it someone like myself that is the beer league hockey player right you know like talk to me just a little bit about the same uh, mindset challenges and even just the minor tweaks and resolutions that the typical athlete is facing um, that, you know, can easily be more resolved than not. 
Now, I think the place that I like to start with it, Andrew, is is the biggest is, is getting people to shift from like from a place of like intensity and endurance into consistency, right? Like anybody, any anyone can be a go hard for three days to three weeks, but can you do it for three months, three years, three decades? You know, and can you be consistent with those habits over time? And I was 240 pounds as a high school athletic director. And I weighed in today at 182, right? And, that, and that's over the course of a decade. And, it, and as I start, I was working out this morning with a buddy of mine who's just new to training and we're doing pull-ups and he can't do a pull-up. And I'm like, bro, I couldn't do a pull-up either five years ago. Put the band around your knee. Let's get assistant. Remember, it's a start that stops most people. So I think one of the keys is like just small, slow daily behavior and consistency of habits. And the best athletes I've been around, ironically, have the best habits. The second thing I think is keeping and understanding the process over the outcome. And we get this bad advice growing up of keep your eyes on the prize. Well, I always would say like, set your GPS on where you want to go, but then you need to do today because today plus today plus today will take you where you want to go. So whether it's the pro athlete, the beer league softball player, anybody in between to close the gap from where you were to where you want to be comes daily steps and progress and process, not perfection. I think so many times we focus on like, I got to be perfect. And when we try to be perfect, it's like the roadblock to get started because you don't want to make mistakes and mistakes are just part of the process, right? It's like, if you take the word mistakes and you separate miss and take, that's what we do on a podcast. That's what we do in Hollywood. You make a mistake, mistake, do it again. And that's life. Like you're not going to finish every race that you do, right? You're not going to, you're not going to crush every workout that you do. Some days you have to go in there and just put in the work anyway. I'm excited to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by manscaped.com the global brand for men's grooming and hygiene products. You know, I love Manscaped because they offer the best tools and solution for the big three odor zones, your body, your butt, and looking at you dudes, your balls. Manscaped just launched their new Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof electric trimmer. And now you can get the ultimate Manscaped experience when you purchase their new performance package 4.0 bundle. With the performance package, you never have to worry about a complicated multi-step grooming regimen. This is an all-in-one kit. Seriously, it includes all the tools to perfect your grooming experience. With a new Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless trimmer, you can tackle your groin grooming confidently without any mess at all while you take a shower. The Lawnmower 4.0 has replaceable ceramic blades with skin safe technology, a built in LED light, a new wireless charging system, and a new travel lock feature. After you shower, be sure to apply the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, a quick absorbing, clear drying moisturizer lotion for all day protection. For that midday refresher, be sure to pack your crop. Reviver ball toner spray with cooling aloe vera and anti-inflammatory properties. But listen, Manscaped is so much more than just a ball trimmer company. The new performance package 4.0 bundle now includes their new weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. This thing is a game changer. When you opt in for the full performance package 4.0 kit, you get the biggest bang for your buck. 
You can enroll in their peak hygiene plan and get ongoing replenishments of your favorite products delivered straight to your door, hassle-free. Listen to this. For a limited time, you can also get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Go to manscaped.com forward slash Ashley today and get 20% off and free international shipping plus two free gifts. Remember that deal is available at manscaped.com forward slash Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y. Join the Manscaped movement today. Man maintenance for the modern gentleman, your balls and your body will thank you. Do you notice a difference in, um, or, or like, are there similarities between the recipe of leading people down like this different way of thinking and, and uh, you know, the mental performance it takes to obviously like, cause there's different levels. I, you know, I don't consider myself an elite professional athlete, like an Olympian. Um, I do consider myself an athlete. I think that there are different degrees of like athleticism and, and where you're taking it in your career. Are there, um, different recipes or is there a different coaching mechanism that you give to individuals who, you know, maybe they're not an, a, an Olympic athlete or an Olympian, but they're wanting to achieve and they've set goals that like maybe they failed before in the past, um, athletically speaking. Um, is it, is it the same? Is it kind of like the same like recipe and the same sort of coaching Is everybody, does everybody kind of, um, absorb the information the same and, and apply it to their everyday life of how you coach them? Yeah. It's, uh, y- y- so yes and yes and no in that, in that I, you know, we're, we're making champions, not cookies. So like the recipe isn't the same for everybody. Right. So within taking the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, they get applied differently to athletes of different ages, athletes of different goals, uh, athletes of different ability levels. Right. But at the same time, the 10 year major league base player has a lot of the same challenges as the 10 year old little league baseball player. The difference is the 10 year major league baseball player just has a lot more experience and tools to often be able to deal with their challenges. But the, the, the challenge for where they're at in the moment is often experienced the same way. So the ability to learn how to breathe, the ability to learn how to process adversity the right way and look at it as, as winners and learners versus winners and losers and looking at the adversity that I face as my advantage because I learned from it. I mean, that's something that we learned from Kobe Bryant, right? When Kobe Bryant was interviewed and asked, Kobe, what's it like to lose? He says, it's exciting. What? He's like, yeah, it's exciting because there's an opportunity to learn there. And he goes, and you have to look at the performance and you have to process it the same way, whether you win or you lose. And then he gives a great strategy. He says, you got to ask yourself, what did I do well? What do I want to do better? How can I do what I did well consistently? How can I do better what I want to do better, better? And you make a game plan and you move forward. So something like, well, better how, Ashley, I would use with an Olympian. I'd use with a, with a professional athlete. And I'd use with, with someone who was nine years old, kind of just getting started because what that is, is reflection. And I think for all of us, we, we follow what I call the three-step success cycle. We prepare, we perform, we reflect. And if you look at those three things, which area often gets the least amount of our time, energy, and attention? Right? What gets the most time and energy is the preparation and the performance. 
But with the reflection is key because that's where the learning happens. So whether it's after a NASCAR race, whether it's after, you know, running 280 miles, whether it's after playing a round of 18, whether it's after you going and doing your first workout in the gym ever, if you simply can take a journal and write down, here's what I did well today, one bullet. Here's what I want to do better next time. Here's how I'm going to do it. Now you're able to kind of take it out of your head and put it on paper. And I think that's extremely valuable because you can share it with a coach. You can look at it and you can kind of measure your progress, you know, with, with that growth and development. So Brian, it seems like you're, you're speaking to a habit that we've heard from, from a lot of our guests this season, and that's the, the small wins, right? You know, and the progress, you know, the, the, the crawl before we sprint mentality, you know, for, for a lot of people, there's this mindset that you don't even have to train that the mind can channel the body to do so many things. Whereas you don't have to train to run 40 hours straight. Like you don't technically have to, to put yourself, you put your body in a physical condition because the mind can overpower it that much more. Do you believe that to be the case? You know, whether that is in you know, physical settings or even just in levels of, of confidence in moment or of flight, fight or flight, you know, do you think that there is a stronger component in the mental element of what we do day to day as humans to perform that can outweigh any training, any months or years or uh, of training and studying that, that we can put our bodies through? No, I don't think so. Right. I've done in doing Ironman triathlons, right. I'd be interested to kick this to Ashley too, with, you know, all the ultra endurance stuff that she's done. And when people say, Oh, you're doing an Ironman. That's so mental. I'm like, so mental. I've been training for like six months to do this thing. And I still don't even know if I'm going to finish. So I've put the hay in the barn. Now, when you, now when it becomes mental is when you've trained for the six months for this event and now it's go time. Now it becomes mental. And I can tell you my first Ironman triathlon, I said, I didn't own a bike. I didn't know how to swim. I mean, I probably should have signed up for a half or something first, but I'm like mm -hmm. perfect opportunity fundraiser for the smile train foundation to raise money and awareness for children born with a cleft lip, cleft palate. Like I'm in, let's do this thing. And then what you do is you just, you just reverse engineer and you go, okay, well, first thing I need to do is learn how to swim, hire a swim coach. I now need to learn how to bike. And I, mean, I kind of know how to bike, but I don't know bike. So let me talk to a triathlon coach and let me figure out the difference between a road bike and a triathlon bike and get that figured out. And then you start chipping away, right? Okay. What can I eliminate? I can eliminate alcohol. I can eliminate sleep, go, you know, going to bed after 10 PM. What are the things that I can, I can bring in? I can hire a meal service. And I looked at all controlling the variables I could. And I had a coach who, who's like, I've had gotten a hundred athletes to the finish of an Ironman from, from winners to couch potatoes doing their first. He's like, you're going to be fine. I show up the first day, November 16, 2016 in T Tempe, Arizona for my first Ironman. I'm going to jump in the water and I'm going, I don't know if I'm going to finish this thing. I don't know if I'm going to finish this because I've never put all three disciplines together at once. I mean, I've done all of them individually, but I've never done them all in the same day. But, but don't, I mean, don't you think that that's like mental though? Because for me, I feel like if you, if you know how to, if you know how to swim, if you know how to bike, I mean, you don't have to bike like an extensive amount. You don't have to put, I don't believe, I think it's good training. Like I wouldn't recommend anybody to go into an Ironman and at least not do some sort of brick style training. Um, and yeah. brick training is like when you put either the swimming or the biking together or like the, you do the bike and then the run and you have to feel how your legs feel so you can, you know, get ready to experience that and work through that lactic acid. But um, I think like that's whenever we mentally psych ourselves selves out. 
And um, even for myself, like, I mean, any sort of like long um, endurance event, even the uh, my most recent one was the 25 hour row. Um, I'm so nervous, like leading up to it, but like leading up to my 25 hour row, I didn't practice rowing for like hours at a time because I knew like, like ultimately what's going to happen is like the having the mental capacity to be able to stay on the rower and to stick with it for the longevity of the entire event for the time that I had self set out to do it. And then, I mean, it gets to a point, like whenever you do like really long ultras like that, that are just like ridiculous, um, your body just kind of starts to break down. And I think that, um, you know, this isn't anything like compared to like an Ironman that you were doing because there is training that is involved with that. But, um, I feel like you just kind of, you have to mentally get through like that, that phase of just of suffering and being able to accept like that feeling of suffering. And the moment that you can accept that. And, and especially whenever I did the 40 hour run, uh, this last fall, which was crazy. Cause I was just hallucinating and doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, it was like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I necessarily had to train to run for 40 hours. I didn't go out on a 10 hour run leading up to the 40 hour run. I didn't even go out on like a six hour run leading up to the run. I just knew that like it would get to a point to where all I would have to do is to put one foot in front of the other. I mean, both of these events, though, they were just solo events. So it wasn't like it was a competition. I didn't have, um, a certain mileage that I was expected to hit. I didn't have, um, for the row, I didn't have a certain amount of miles that I had that I had to row. I think that taking the competition piece out of it for me anyways, because I am highly competitive, uh, it took a lot of the pressure off of me to perform at like a, like even a higher level. Like I just basically had to get through the movement and the motion and, and not stop mentally. I had to just keep going. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, and, and there's, but you're also highly trained, right? So like you've been through the endurance events, you know, that you can push through these, you know, that the question as like, can you come off of the couch and go do an Ironman or a marathon? And I'm like, there's a certain element and level of training that you need to, that I think you, you should do and you need to do. Right. But once like jumping in that water, I had done the training. There was still that element of fear, but that, and like, am I going to finish this? And I think that's what every athlete deals with. The athletes who are in Tokyo right now at the Olympics are dealing with that. And then part of it is because you care. Part of it is because you, you want to see the fruits and labor of your training. But once you get going, that's where it becomes a mental game, right? So like the UFC fighters I'm working with, they'll do an eight week, one of them's fighting this Saturday night. She's gone through an eight week training camp. When she gets to Vegas on Wednesday and starts the weight cut and steps in the octagon on Saturday, that becomes a mental. At that work, the physical work is done. At that point, the physical training is done. But if she hasn't done the physical training for the seven weeks up to that point, she can't just go flip the switch and go in the octagon and go, I'm going to be one of the best female fighters in the world. Like she has to put the hand in the barn. But when you're, but when you get to that point, when she's in the locker room, when George St. Pierre is in the locker room, when Rich Franklin is in the locker room, Ashley, when you're at the the starting line of a race or any of us are getting to go do something for the first time where we're like, man, I don't know if I can do this. That's where the mental game has to kick in to go. No, you can do this. You just have to stick to your process. You have to not quit. You have to go one step at a time and you have to be willing to embrace the suck and be able to use all of that as adversity and, and fuel to keep driving you forward. 
I think it's important that anybody who's listening to this podcast that they understand that even like like the top professional athletes and the athletes that you are working with, like we all still battle those those thoughts of of fear and failure. I think that um, you know, and for the longest time, I don't compete anymore on stage, but for the longest time, um, even whenever I was a pro figure competitor um, and a pro fitness model, I still had so much fear, and you know that was just all the hard work was done. All I had to do was like go get on stage, but there is so much anxiety like to a point where it just becomes like this mental game. And, um, anybody who's listening to this and, and, you know, I loved your, I loved your saying that, um, uh, sometimes start is like the first, uh, it's like when you stop, like the, the fear of starting and then you, you just end up stopping. And, uh, it's really important that anybody who's listening to this and, and some people even running a 5k for their first time is really intimidating signing up for a 5k race, doing, um, a marathon, doing a triathlon. Like it's, it's really scary. And it's important for people to understand that even the highest level of performers, um, they even, they even deal with that. And so can you give our listeners that are, um, you know, maybe they feel like that they've plateaued and they can't advance in their lifting game of walking up to a barbell and, and just mentally checking out. Because even for me, like whenever I'm trying to hit new PRs and I look at a barbell, sometimes like it's easy to get intimidated and be like, and, and before you even step up to the barbell, you've already failed because of the thoughts in your head of, of you're thinking like, I can't do this. Um, can yeah. you give like just a couple like really simple takeaways for people who are trying to, um, achieve something to like mentally get their mind right? Yeah. I think, I think the first is realize one feelings are not facts. Mm. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that's the way it really is. So, so one feelings aren't facts Two, learn to act different than how you feel. Right. So like I'll use George St. Pierre as an example. This guy is arguably the greatest mixed martial arts fighter of all time two division UFC world champion, because what George is going to say, Ashley, and I think this is what's cool for our listeners is he's going to talk about when I get to the locker room before the fight, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be scared. And this is, this is real because you know what the consequences can be, but he says, I'm going to fake it till you make it. And as I walk to the octagon, I'm going to walk as if it's impossible to fail. And by the time I get to the octagon, I have a transformation where now I'm confident. And that to me goes back to Amy Cuddy and her research in the book presence. She's a social psychologist at Harvard has a great Ted talk on the science and power of body language, which is like one act confident, act big, right? If you think about, I use the acronym BFS, body language, focus, and self-talk. When you're going to do something, make sure your body language is big. Your focus is on the immediate task of what you're trying to do. And your self-talk is predetermined, meaning what you're saying to yourself is not dictated by your feelings. It's dictated by your focus and your game plan. Mm -hmm. So when we look at the self-talk, when we look at the focus piece, this is a strategy I've used is like, we know what the emotion is going to be in the locker room. We know we're going to have that nervous energy. So I, I would say, take out, take an index card or take a, your cell phone, whatever, and text yourself or write down three keys to keep it simple. So for example, a baseball player would say, see the ball, be easy, hammer it. Um, you know, uh, somebody who's doing a, a trying to get a, a power clean record might have something, three things specific to, you know, body language, breathe, explode three things that they're just repeating to themselves. And by them repeating that to themselves, they're basically not giving the negativity. They're not giving the self doubt. They're not giving any of that anxiety, you know, the opportunity to enter into, into their game, into their self-talk. So here's George St. Pierre talking about the same thing. Do you have a place where you remember going from not confident to, no, now I'm strong, now I am confident? Do you remember when and how that happened? Confidence 
it's a choice. It's not a mental state. Uh, same thing when I fight. I'm going to give you an example. When I'm going to fight Saturday night, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to have doubt in my mind. And it's normal. But the image that I will give the people when I'm going to walk to the octagon is that swagger, that look that it's impossible for me to fail, that I'm invincible and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win no matter what. And it's the same thing in life. So you're, you're always afraid, you're, you're scared. This is normal. We're all human beings. We have, that's mean you're smart. You know the, what can happen. But it's, it, it, what we say, it's you, you fake it until you make it. So he starts kind of going into the science behind it and, and why fake it until you make it is act different than how you feel. And then I like to say, have something to go to. Like we know it's going to be nerve wracking. We know that our mind's going to play tricks on us. We know we're going to have those anxious feelings. Have something to go to. And that thing to go to is your BFS, your body language and your breath, your focus on what the immediate mission is and your focus on those three keys to keep it simple. And your self-talk is just coming back to like, what are you trying to do? Right. And, and I remember like, what are you trying to do self-talk wise? Like I call it having a mantra. And when I've done some of the ultra endurance stuff, um, <laughs> I picked this one up from Mark Devine, who was a who was a former Navy SEAL and run SEAL Fit out of uh, San Diego. And I heard him say on a podcast, he goes in the first triathlon he did, he said, "Looking good, feeling good, I should be in Hollywood." And he says it was so dumb and it was so funny that when he would say that when he was suffering, he'd start to laugh. Well, that's something to go to, right? So you just find that thing that you can use to keep you where you want to be. Um, I want to um, ask you and kind of like close out this podcast and um, where can people either get coaching from you? You have uh, a couple different podcasts. Where can people find you, reach out to you for, do you do like individualized coaching? Um, can people like hire you? Uh, how can you just, where can people find you and, and what is next for Brian Kane? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the next step for people is if they go to briancane.com and they click on my free courses, I have a free course for coaches and a free course for athletes. And I go into basically a three-day course for coaches. Here's like, here, here's an intro to the mental game, mental performance for athletes, same thing. From there, if you're a coach listening to this, you'd want to go into my mental performance coaches certification where I train you on how to coach the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery that we talked about, those 10 skills in your clients and athletes to help them have the mindset, routines, and habits they need to get results. If you're an athlete and you go through the three-day course, the next step is to go into my 30-day athletes program. There's about a 10-minute video and about a 10-minute reading that you do every day for 30 days. Great time to start it is the month of August or whatever month is coming up when we publish this live and just go through one a day. And as you go through that one a day, you're basically building that mindset and drills to do like we talked about the drills develop the skills, create the skill set. So they do the drills every day. So those would be like the places people can go. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, also group coaching and team consulting. Just hit me up with an email. My email is brian at brian Kane. You can also find that on the website. And then I'm active on social media every day. It's part of my morning routine. Um, on, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at Brian Kane Peak. And then coming out on August 2nd, which thrilled with the Mental Performance Daily podcast with the Ironclad Network, where people will be able to get a little bit a lot every day. Uh, is there anything else that you want to leave for our, for our listeners today? Any last words of advice? It's better to be a participant than a spectator.
And if a lot of people are watching the Olympic games right now, let's, let's create your Olympic games and your Olympic games might be doing your first 5k. Your Olympic Games, <laughs> from Ashley's standpoint, might be do, running 500 miles because that hasn't been done yet, right? But the, the 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 Olympic Games for you are step outside of your comfort zone, not four miles out, four percent out, right? So getting a little bit out of your comfort zone is where growth happens, and we've got to push ourselves, you know. And and I'm not saying again, go from the couch to the marathon, go from the couch to the 5K. There is a definite progression here in terms of where we want to go. We want to do it smart. We don't want to end up, you know. Um, breaking our bodies down and having to go back on the couch because we didn't approach it the right way. So I would say, get off the sidelines into the game. And maybe the number one thing I can say is get yourself a coach. Find someone who's been where you want to go. Find someone who's doing what you want to do. Speed up your learning curve and save years on your process by just getting good training. I think that's one of the best people can do. Yeah, I love that. And um, I'm definitely going to check out the the coaching stuff that you have because for myself as an athlete, and I really do believe that all of my athletic endeavors, like anything that I achieve athletically, it kind of pours over into what I do like as an entrepreneur, like even like with, you know, I have three younger, uh, three young athletic boys growing up and just really being able to mentor them. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not their coach, but like on the field, but I feel like I'm their, I'm their life coach and like developing like strong young men as they grow and develop in like their sports and athleticism. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I'm definitely uh, going to check out all of your coaching stuff. I can't wait to listen to all your podcasts and just kind of learn more. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you for having me. And at some point I want to flip the microphone around here and I want to have you on my podcast because I want to hear about running the rim to rim to rim. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, so that that's on my list to do of, of, of endurance. Challenge. Oh yeah. I can't believe you haven't done it. It's yeah, awesome. I, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, again, as they say, it's a start to stop most people. I'm like, I'm not even, <laughs> sure. I don't know how to do the other one is the hold a hump. Have you heard about this one? No. So the hold a hump is you hike down to the bottom of the grand Canyon, right? The whole of like the earth, like you are in the lowest point and you run out of the grand Canyon, you run to Flagstaff, Arizona, and you go to, to, uh, the top of Humphreys Peak, which is like 14,000 feet. So you go from the lowest point of Arizona to this highest point of Arizona. It's like eight. Um, so something like that, I think would be, would be a fun, maybe ironclad. Uh, Dude, that ironclad. sounds awesome. I'm totally in. Let's pick a day and I'll do it with you. In, in. I'll see you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much for coming today. And yeah, I, I would definitely be down to, to doing that. I think there are um, going that far down into the Grand Canyon. It's like, I think the, the good times to run out there, it's like in the spring sometime just because of like the heat element and, you know, it gets cold at night. So yeah, and then, and then you get snow at Frumfrey's peak, right? So it's, that's it's, so cool. You have like there, I think there's, I want to say there's like a 20 day window during the year where yeah. it's not over 110 and it's not going to be under 30 degrees at Humphreys Peak. That's so cool. I'm down. We'll do Let's get Iron Class set it up. In. Love it. We'll do some <laughs> see flying a drone. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Bye. What a great interview with Brian. I really want to look up his I want to get some mental performance coaching. I, I think to be honest with you, that might be a guy that has sounds like at least that he had more coffee than both you and I combined I today. And he was firing on yeah. all cylinders. Well, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check out his website. Cause I think he has a lot of free coaching available. Um, 
and I've never had like any mental coaching before, which is, which would be really interesting. It'd be really interesting for somebody to get inside this brain, this little pea brain of mine. But if like being like completely honest and transparent with all of you guys that are listening, um, we have been working nonstop for the past several days, like pulling eight hour days, working on the reborn podcast, everything that is to come, um, and what you guys have in store. I'm, I'm really excited about, um, like knocking it out the next several weeks with you and talking about a lot of things that we have planned to discuss getting into the nitty gritty and maybe the messy, dirty stuff a little bit. It's certainly not going to be squeaky clean. That's for sure. Yeah. And we have a lot of really amazing guests lined up that, um, I, I do think that like in the beginning, whenever I started this whole podcasting, journey. I know we've talked about like, I, I do have a tendency to be a little bit shy and what I'm realizing the more that I get into to podcasting, because I've always been really big about human connection and like, and connecting with humans. But, um, I do feel like even though these people aren't physically here with me, there is this sense of like human connection that you get during these interviews with individuals, because, I mean, I, I feel like every episode that I've ever done in the past and, and looking forward into the future and, and the episodes and the guests that we're going to have, uh, it's like there's like you have to be vulnerable and, and the guests are are typically vulnerable and you learn things that uh, much deeper than like what you could ever get just through like following them on social media and like a social posting. But you really kind of get into like the roots of who they are. Yeah. I mean, over these last few weeks of recording, we've definitely had an opportunity to not only get to understand your story a little bit further, but understanding people that embody different chapters of your life yeah. through these conversations. And to your point, Ashley, it's going to be a ride. This is going to be a ride of a season ahead. Can't wait. I'm excited. I'm like a little, I always get like a little bit nervous, but just to kind of throw stuff out there because you know, I don't know. You gotta be, dude, it's like doing a pull-up like Brian Kane said, right? You got to get the band to do the pull-up right. first, right? Yeah. Like don't me. just walk, don't just walk up to the bar and be like, oh, you can't do a pull-up. Well, you know what? Let's do an assisted pull-up because everybody can do an assisted pull-up. Yeah. And you're like, let's even not do if a you podcast. need like the thickest doubled band, like you probably do, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Well, let's just not <laughs> Working do a podcast. Working on that dog, your dad bod. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and just get like the, the flubby assistant manager guy to come, <laughs> you know, make this podcast a little bit funnier. Yeah. That's, that's great. And here we are. Now it's, we got the comedic relief, the court jester. Oh man. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the reborn podcast that you guys have so much in store. Thank you for listening to uh, my interview with Brian Kane. And I really hope that there were some valuable takeaways for you because I know for myself, um, I mean, there, there have been many times that I've psyched myself out before I even walk up to the bar to, to lift a weight. I, it happens. It happens to all of us, just like we've, we've talked about in the podcast. So um, stay tuned uh, for the upcoming weeks of the episodes that we will have. Make sure you subscribe to the Reborn Podcast if you have not. Make sure you give us some feedback, rate us, review us on wherever you get your podcasts fixed. And, um, if you have any feedback at all for me, I'd love to hear it. So you can shoot me a DM at reborn pod on Instagram. Um, and I would love to hear your feedback. So my name is Ashley Horn. I'm here with Andrew Stallings and we are out. See you.